Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. that his words will just, Lord, flow in our minds and hearts and we'll, Lord, act on the word that Peter, his holy word that he brings to us this morning. May your blessing be upon us all, particularly Peter. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Oh, hello. (laughs) Definitely awake now. Um, Good morning. Anyway, if you uh, didn't pick that up, my name is Peter, and um, yes, I've been coming to this church for a while now, and this morning we are going to be looking at the, um, our next, hello, are we okay? Yeah. Our next um, look at the book of James and our new teaching sequence, and I was just looking at this in terms of um, act upon what you hear. I hope that's what it says up there. Yes, act on what you hear. Fantastic. I've done my homework. And uh, James obviously was um, the brother of Jesus Christ and one of the early leaders in um, the early Christian church. And this letter really gives practical advice to all people around um, the country at that time. And so it's a really good book to be getting into. And it's really interesting that I should get the, uh, the, the topic of listening and doing as it was originally taught because that's what I get paid to do. I get people, I get taught, I get paid even um, for people to listen to me and then just do what I ask them to do. And I suppose in this 21st century world that we live in, we're just bombarded with information, aren't we? We wake up, it's on our phones, it's on the telly, it's on the radio. It's just constant around us. It's at our fingertips 24 hours a day. And whatever you want, it's out there. So if you're interested in cute little kittens, there's videos for you to watch if you're into that thing. Everything is going on online or around us. And it fights for our attention, doesn't it? It, um, it tries to change us. Advertising tries to get us to buy things. And um, a lot of angry Facebook users are angry about the fact that there's more advertising. People trying to make money through them again. But I want to ask you this morning, who or what do you listen to? Who or what do you listen to? So we're just going to play a little bit of a game now. Deb's going to put some pictures up on screen. And if you would listen to that person or that thing, I just want to hear a, yeah, a little bit of participation. Don't hate me for it. And if you don't like or listen to that person or that thing, I just want to hear a nay. A little bit hoarse, but there we go. So let's have a look at the first thing. David Cameron. I'm not sure whether that was a yay or a nay. And the next one. Really? (laughs) And the next. A lollipop lady. (laughs) I think we missed one out, Debs. It's all right, we'll spin on. And the next one. No, I'm glad I didn't put the sun up. And the next one. Really? Really? And the final one, Debs, please. 
Yeah, it's a bit of a given, isn't it? We're Christians. We should be listening to and being changed by the Bible. It's a bit of a given. So my passage this morning is um, from James, obviously. And we're going to look at that passage now. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to it. And it's James 1, 19 to 27. If you haven't, you can follow on screen with me. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. And keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Just want to share with you some obvious key points from that text really. Listen. Don't get angry. Get rid of moral filth. Don't just listen, do. You'll be blessed if you remember what you've heard and do what you remember. People with a loose tongue have a worthless religion. Be pure and faultless. Look after widows and orphans. Don't get polluted by the world. Pretty pretty tough. Pretty tough. The title was Act on What You Hear. I think for me, pretty much that sums up what I wanted to say this morning. Those are the things. Go on, do. I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as three men. And three men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take Freedom! 
Alba Gruba! Alba Gruba! Alba Gruba! Freedom! 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 There's freedom in this kilt. Hey! I'll not tell you what I'm wearing underneath. If you know what I mean. Freedom! Freedom! That William Wallace. It's all about freedom for Scotland. Scotland and freedom. It's got haggis in his belly and iron brew in his veins. Freedom. That's what I'm talking about. And if you don't like it, exits that way. But I'm going to stand here for the rest of the performance here. And lucky for you, I'm not going to keep the Scottish accent going for much longer because at some point it'll slip into another language. I don't want to offend anybody. Freedom. Braveheart. Anybody else like a bit of Braveheart? Yeah. I feel like crushing some English tyranny right now. And if you listen on the podcast, I am wearing a kilt. Luckily for you, it's not video. It's a great movie. I feel a bit of a twit now, but never mind. <laughs> You're going to get the picture. And when I was first given this sermon, I was told that it was listening and doing. And when I really thought about it, we listen to so much, but we do so little. So what is missing in between? Why do we respond so wholeheartedly to some things, and yet other things just, we just dismiss straight away? As a church, as Christians, do we need to have that brave heart speech? Do we need somebody galloping along? Go, come on, praise God. Get out there and do what he has called you to do. Is it not enough for us to listen? Is it not enough for us to listen and do? So you see the thing about this title, Act on What You Hear. I think it's missing a letter. It's act on what you heart. Act upon what you heart. You see, when I really think about my life as a Christian and where I am and where I'm going and where we are as a church, just passion, it's a huge thing, isn't it? We get so excited about different things, whether it be sports or whether it be a, a newborn child. It's just so exciting. We get so passionate about it. And as Andrew know, in a few months' time, when it's starting to <laughs> keep him up during the nights and things, we know what happens. But A.W. Tozer said that we might be wise to follow the insight of the enraptured heart rather than the more cautious reasoning of the theological mind. We might be wise to follow the insight of the enraptured heart rather than the more cautious reasoning of the the theological mind. See, when we're passionate about stuff, it flows everywhere, doesn't it? Somebody's really into it, and it's often um, in my life when I'm I'm running the Great North Run, then everybody needs to know about that fact that I'm running the Great North Run. Or if uh, if we're talking about a new guitar, Paul, isn't it? Everybody has to know about the fact that we've got new guitars. We get really passionate about it, and it flows into every part of our lives. It shapes who we are, and it affects those around us. And I think when, when we see true passion, we really start to become selfless people. We, we love the people more around us, the, the people that we're doing it for. We spend time and money on the things that we love. We sacrifice other opportunities. And we need to have that passion for God. Back at the weekend away, if you were there, um, one of our speakers told us that we need to find out what God is doing. And go and do that alongside him. And I still think that is the truth today. And when I was thinking about passion, we often get that picture, uh, picture of um, passionate love, don't we? And, and I think that's, 
yes, that's fair enough, but the, the passion that I really see is when we look in 2 Samuel 6 and we see David and the Ark of the Covenant is coming in and he's just there, he's giving it a bit of Terry, isn't he? You know, he's giving it a bit of dancing there. Probably a little bit better than Terry, but we'll say nothing more. And the thing was, that was his expression of worship. He didn't dance out of obligation. He danced out of heartfelt worship. It was an overflow. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to contain it anymore. It just poured out. He was just so glad to see that he was doing what God had called him to do. But the thing about emotions is that they are a great link to God. They are a great link to God. But there can be two errors when we just think about pure passion, pure emotion. Is that... um, it can make us detached, really, from what we're actually looking at. We can begin to just trust the emotions rather than trust God. But the thing is, we've got to make sure that our emotions are not manipulated, but we shouldn't regress them either. We shouldn't just be standing here or in our lives as just statues watching the world go by, waiting for the end. We need to be doing everything we possibly can. We shouldn't be afraid of emotions. We shouldn't be afraid of the passion that we have for God. And if you uh, read the daily readings, um, there was a great story this week about a man called Joe. Did anybody read this story this week? No, I'll, I'll tell you the story then. And Joe had been a drunk and a tramp for most of his life. And um, he couldn't really meet ends, uh, ends meet, to be fair. But one Sunday morning, they're getting him into church and he gave his life to God. And uh, it was such a radical transformation of him that everybody knew about it. Everybody knew about Joe. And it got to the point that in the middle of any um, sermons or things, he'd just be there, hallelujah, giving it a brave bit of brave heart there. And uh, he was jumping up and down, and he was just so full of it. And the pastor had to go and have a word and say, Joe, not that type of church, you know, just keep a lid on it. And next week came, and there he is, hallelujah, get in. And uh, so he went to him, the pastor went to him again, he said, listen, Joe, 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 Joe. If you can keep a lid on it, I'll buy you a new pair of boots next week. So he sat there next week, hands on his, sitting on his hands and really trying to hold in. And then he just jumped on it. Ah, boots or no boots, I'm going to praise the Lord. And that's what he did. And sometimes that's what we need to do. We need to put aside what the world says to us and ask ourselves, what does God say to us? Because God transcends culture. He transcends our own understanding. And when we get a true glimpse of him, when he becomes the center, when we really see him for who he is, then our prayers should be absolutely uncontrollable. And I'm not just talking about singing songs or what we do in church. I'm talking about real worship, life, the way we live, the way we do life. But the thing about passion is, just like this paint, eventually it fades, doesn't it? That kind of it wears off a bit. Yeah, I still like doing it, but it's not as good as I kind of thought it was then and there's other things happening in my life now and when we have passion for things kind of like new year's resolutions isn't it we uh anybody sign up for a gym this year has anybody fallen into that nobody nobody everybody's seen past the old gym thing but people do that don't they and then after a while i can't be bothered to do this anymore that passion is gone and once the passion's gone something else has to be there we need an enduring love we need this love that will just continue and continue and continue And when we read the Bible, we figure out that love is the one thing that does remain. It is the one thing that remains because God is love. 1 John 4 tells us that. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. 
Wow. And if you've been to any weddings recently, you might have heard this passage as well. And I think it gets overlooked time and time again because it is very much used at a wedding. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And then it carries on and says, These three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. That's what we're meant to be doing. We're meant to be loving each other. That's why we don't act on things, is because we don't love them. But God is love, and we are called to be, and made in the image of God, so therefore we should love as well. Henry Ward Beecher said, I never knew how to worship until I knew how to love. Because the two are. They're the same thing. Recently in the news, um, not a big politician, but um, David Cameron uh, was quoted as saying that we are still a Christian country. Did anybody hear about that? And a lot of people came out and rebuked him. She said, basically, no, you think you're living in the past. You're living in a bit of a daydream. And I think we have to agree at this point in time, we are living in a post-Christian society. We are a minority rather than the majority. Look on Facebook, you look on Twitter, you look on the news, you look in the papers, you hear on the radio that we live in cruel and selfish times seems to be what dominates the news, seems to be what dominates the, the things that are happening out there. And we need to be the love in this country. We need to be that enduring love that God has called us to be. And not a hallmark love, not a roses a red love. That's, that's the way the world wants us to see it. We're called to be this patient, kindness, not angering, not self-centered. You see, because love is a verb, isn't it? It has to be done. Otherwise, it's not love at all. It is just a card or a bunch of flowers. So looking at that, acting on what you hear, passion, yes, love, yes. Where are we at the minute? Where are we at the church? Where are you as a Christian? Where do we get our passion from? Where do we get our love from? And it just hit me the other day, we go back to the cross. We go back to the cross, to Jesus, to where Jesus became more than a teacher, more than a troublemaker, more than whatever else they were calling him at the time, and he became our sin. He became love that was so much more than the world could ever possibly hope to have gained. We had our guest speaker the other week, and he was talking about how we should need to know those scriptures to be able to talk to people and for me, I, I, I struggle. I struggle to remember a lot of scriptures. I struggle to remember people's names. I'm not quite sure who I am this morning, to be honest. Um, never quite thought, but there we go. But the one scripture that I do remember is, is John 3.16. And it's such a classic. But I love the fact that it then links to 1 John 3.16. I'm just going to read both of those for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then in 1 John 3, 16, we read, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And it, do we have to 
There are. Lights have gone off. And I was just, as I was really thinking about this week, it really just dawned on me that I get so obsessed with um, different things about church, about life, and it's just kind of come back to it, Peter. Just come back to it. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. It's the simple, most amazing truth that you need to hear this morning, that you need to hear throughout your entire life because everything comes after that. Once you accept that, once you take that in, everything else then becomes from that love. So being refreshed, being refreshed to um, act on what we hear. See, when, when I look at where I am at the moment, I, I really feel as if my doing's more about me than, than God. I really feel as if I'm dragging myself to do things rather than God pushing me through things. I'm just kind of, oh, got to do this, got to do this. Now, I don't know about you, but I wonder whether that's where you're at this, this, this moment in time. You just feel as if trying to constantly do everything in our own strength. And just say, stop, stop, come back to that love of God. And I was really sort of thinking about this and, and, and just out of nowhere I just came into me about Pentecost when the disciples were just sitting mourning in, in the room and, oh, Jesus is gone and he said he'd do this and he said he'd do that. And it's just kind of a really difficult time for them. And then they just allowed God's love to just invade them through the Holy Spirit. And the great thing about that is that they didn't just stay in that room, did they? Oh, yes, Holy Spirit, it's great. They didn't just do that. They had the confidence. They had the firepower, if you like, to to go and love like Jesus has loved as well, to be a light in the world. And that's really great, to be a light in the world, to be the fire, to be the passion, to be the love that this world needs. is what we are called to do. It's the simple thing. And if you read the Bible, that's, that's what it basically says. We love because he first loved us. This morning, do we need a new fire? Do we need relighting? Do we need God to come back into us? So that it is more about him than it is about us. John Wesley said, it's not new things we need but new fire. Just as we were worshipping this morning, I really got just that, felt that passion coming back. Yes. God is able. God is able. Just love that. Love that idea that he is more than enough for us. So we know this morning what God has called, God has called us to do. And just in the, there's a song that we're singing now. We shall praise him with our lives. He has proven his great love for us. We shall praise him with our lives. Not just about coming to church. We know that. We need to be loving people. That's what we need to be doing. As followers of Christ, our rest, our strength, our comfort, and everything we need is in his presence. It's him we seek. We're to be a people of his presence and walk in his power to carry out his ministry reconciliation in the world. I'm just going to ask the, the band to come up and um, they're just going to play a song for us and maybe you're feeling the same as I am at the moment that I'm just needing that passion, I'm needing that fire, I'm needing that love again, I need to just set my sights back on 
what God has called me to do, what God has called us to do. And just as the song plays, if you want to just sit and join in the words, that's absolutely fine. If you want to sit and just pray, that's absolutely fine. If you feel the need to come out and just be prayed for this morning, I'd really like to, to pray for you, and I know a few of the ministry team will come out as well. And I just suppose I really feel at the moment that, just like the disciples, we need the Holy Spirit, but then we need to go out. We need to get up. We need to do. We've heard. We hear every week. We hear how to be Christians. We've listened to um, Corrine talk to us about how to um, get into the Bible. We've heard from Helen how to create prayer lists. To be a Christian is also to be a verb as well. So if you feel comfortable with it, please come forward. If you don't, please feel free to see it. But just take this opportunity just to refresh yourself, just to be refreshed. And let God relight that fire in your heart this morning. This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.